Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, we are uh, going to do a, a Tufty Club special, which uh, we don't really do any specials, particularly we just talk about the matches. But now and again, we uh, we, we do something a little bit different. So uh, we're going to do something I think is fairly serious for us. Uh, we kind of pride ourselves on our silliness and daft sense of humour. Uh, but I do believe we are passionate about inclusivity. Uh, might not always come across that way. Some of our jokes are a little bit... Uh, on the edge, but uh, we have ended up in many arguments, mainly mainly you, Mark, actually. Uh, yep. I remember with the Black Life Matters last year with McGoldrick, obviously initiate taking the knee, and uh, we, we, you know, we are quite passionate about things like that, and I think before we, we have mentioned what a fantastic job the, the Rainbow Blades do, uh, sort of setting up the LGBTQ plus and ally supporters group. Uh, I'm a member, my wife's a member, I've met some of the people, really nice down-to-earth people, uh, and with February being Football v Homophobia Month, we wanted to show that us at, us at Tufty, us at Tufty, there's only two of us, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, we can be serious and we can promote lots of good things that are going on. So today we are joined by the founder and chair, I think that's correct, a correct title of Rainbow Blades. Uh, you also know Andy, occasional host and here through, through work. So hello, James Laley. Hello, thank you for having me. <laughs> No, we have been a bit lazy because we were going to get this sorted a while ago. Uh, probably should have done it when we obviously had the, you know, you did the the great stuff during the game against Luton, but we've uh, fin- finally got got you on. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, appreciate you joining us. We're gonna we're gonna ask some questions and hopefully there'll be some decent discussion uh, about about some of the things that that you do. And uh, as I say, from fans that are listening to this, please do feel free to when you've listened to uh, kind of ask questions and uh, we did ask for some questions and nobody asked us any. You, well, you asked very late, Mark, to be honest. It was a little bit late. I didn't think about it until I, basically I think our listeners are as lazy as we are. So when I thought, <laughs> oh, we're quite lazy. We've thought of some questions, but let's get someone else to do it for us. They're as lazy. There's been no, no <laughs> response, but there has been some things I've picked off the forum that, that happened okay. over, over recent sort of recent years, really, mm-hmm. uh, that we might want to discuss and pick up on because uh, people do have the views and opinions. So yeah, might, might talk about some of those. I, I suppose before we come on to sort of the, you know, the, the work of Rainbow Blades, uh, we, we, we should discuss you, James, tell us a bit about your Blades history. I suppose, how long have you been a fan? First game memories, favorite player, anything like that? Yeah. Well, the first match I ever went to see, which then got me into being a blade was Sheffield United versus Sheffield Wednesday. Um, I think it was 2007, if memory serves me right, when James Beattie scored from a free kick yeah. uh, to make it 2-2. And it just, I, I did like football prior to that, but I wasn't aligned to a certain team. You know, I'd watch the England matches, I'd watch football matches if they were on when I was seeing friends, but I wasn't massively into football growing up. Uh, my friendship circle at the time wasn't massively into football either. And then I moved to Sheffield for university and one of my best mates, Richard, had a spare ticket for the United Wednesday match. And he was like, you've got to experience a live football match. Because up until that point, I'd never been to a live football match in a stadium. And he's like, you've got to experience it. I want to take to the lane. It's a Steel City derby. You're not going to get a much better atmosphere than this. And I remember walking up Bramall Lane and on one side of the road, were all the Wednesday fans. On the other side of the road, there was all the United fans. And then straight down the middle was just an immense amount of police on police horses. And it was just, there was just this, well, 
I mean, yeah, abuse really coming from the Wednesday fans, coming from the United fans, this kind of being hurled verbally across all these police police horses. And I was like, what am I walking into? This is crazy. And we we got to the turnstiles. And this is typical of me if people know me. And we had paper tickets that you obviously had to, to scan to get in. My friend went first, absolutely fine, got through. I had no idea what I was doing. I'd, I'd never obviously been before. So I was there pushing my ticket in and out, in and out. Nothing was happening, no green light, nothing like that. And I was there stuck. And I could feel the people behind me just getting more and more agitated that I couldn't get through the turnstiles. And in the end, a steward had to come and let me in because I just couldn't do it. But it's very embarrassing. Uh, it's fine now because I've got a season ticket. So scan and I'm in. It's nice and easy. But, you, should have, yeah. you should have taken your chance when you could and turned away and never come back. <laughs> some, some, <laughs> yeah. some of the times we've had in between then and now. And then maybe that was a sign <laughs> to say, don't come in, don't come <laughs> yeah. watch. <laughs> watch oh, that first game to go to, that yeah. was Sheffield it Derby. Was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. I got absolutely swept up in the whole uh, atmosphere, the whole experience. I was there cheering away um trying to pick up some of the chants at the time i obviously knew none of the chants um and yeah since then a blade so yeah oh seven till now so i don't know how many years is that about 15 16 years i'm not sure um yeah so I, I would say that's probably my standout moment just because it's it's my first the first match i ever went to see the still city derby there's other moments you know going down to wembley play a final against burnley where we lost one nil um, it was great to be in Wembley. Obviously, the result wasn't great. Um, you know, seeing the, the players walk around the pitch after we beat Chesterfield to get promoted to the championship, that was obviously an amazing moment. Um, so, yeah, and I've got loads of favourite players. Like I've got, like, the uh, kind of the stereotypical ones of Billy Sharp, obviously. absolutely love Billy Sharp. And then for maybe other reasons, you know, George Baldock is... Is great. I'm glad. I'm glad you said that because I was going to say myself before we get on to anything more serious. We as heterosexual men have got our idea of what makes a good-looking footballer, and you know, we, this this is kind of yeah. very sexist objectification, kind of kind of the opposite of what we're looking to get from this podcast. But I couldn't yeah. let it go. I couldn't let it go without mentioning it. I was going to ask that question of of which is the most you know aesthetically pleasing member of the squad from your point of view, and why I, is it George would- Baldock? I would definitely say George Baldock <laughs> yeah. from my point. Of, not everyone may agree with me. I, I was talking to um, a couple of friends yesterday, actually, and we were saying, you know, when we when you look through the first team squad, we really actually have a very good looking team of of players. Um, but George Baldock's up there. Sanderberg, a hundred percent. You know, he has great features. Um, but jo- just but a February Bald- on the calendar, uh, he's not up yeah. in my, my son's room. <laughs> well, George Baldock, um, he's um, he, let's say he's very defined, isn't he? He, he is, is indeed. Well, in fact, <laughs> I, I I've been after the games recently. I've been staying behind and letting the crowds go a bit because um, obviously with COVID, you want to kind of minimise your risk, especially when you're with an elderly dad like I am. But mm. one of the few benefits of this recent shirt begging. Um, scheme that kids have got into is have you asked they, for it well it's like it, you have havana it, I, no, I, 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 I can't get down the front in time but some kid asked for bergs yesterday and uh, most of the crowd had gone but he he whipped his top off and didn't have anything on underneath so that yeah oh, i've gone there you I was, see, I was, see I was, hang around uh, clap them yeah, off i know i was dashing <laughs> to the pub for some you know 
post-match drinks. I should have just... Yeah. yeah. So, so... I don't know if that's a little bit lecture if I stay behind just to catch that moment, though. Yeah, well, just check which kids have got who's, who's, which players' names on the piece of cardboard. And if any of them have got George or Sandy, you need to be staying behind because they'll yeah. be... Wet, wet. I've got a funny story about that, actually. So there's someone uh, that, that uh, sits pretty much on the front row of the cop and they've got a cardboard sign and on one side it's asking for i think it's gibbs white shirt and then on the other side that i can see from where i'm sat it's asking for mcburney's shirt so they obviously just flip it to whoever is still on the, the percentages the i mean i mean much as i dislike this new thing about begging yeah. that is good that is good good thoughts playing the percentages you, well you should have one with all the players on and you can just like as the shirts get given you can just keep flipping it off to whoever's yeah. left and, like, just uh, players uh, numbers will do won't it it was a flip just, chart yeah. of numbers yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so so obviously um you mentioned there that you came to university um mm. to sheffield so so you're not obviously from the area originally no no i'm from a town called pickering in north oh, yeah. yorkshire um it's kind of on the way to scarborough and whitby and those types of places I uh, grew up there f- uh, for about 18, 18 years. And then, yeah, yeah like Sheffield Harm University was kind of like my, uh, one of my choices between that, Leeds and Manchester. But Sheffield, when I looked around Sheffield and as a city as well, yeah. it just felt so welcoming. It felt safe uh, because I, I'm coming from a small town. It, was, it wasn't it was as daunting as, you know, Manchester's a very yeah. big city. Leeds is very, it's kind of sprawled out and, you know, Sheffield just because it's very green and you've got a lot of countryside on your doorstep, it just felt a very nice, welcoming city. So, yeah, I've never left. Yeah. And, and this is it. I think it's got one of the highest uh, percentages of students stopping on, hasn't it? And I think that's for the reasons mm. you mentioned. It is pretty welcoming, which uh, which obviously we'll, we'll probably touch on later in terms of, you know, how you find things um, as, you know, in the LB, uh, LGBTQ plus side of things and, and actually coming on to that it's a bit of an obvious question I might have an obvious answer but following on from you you know becoming a fan um why did you just look into set up setting up rainbow blades and going for it yeah there's there's two reasons really uh the first reason was um at the time of thinking about setting it up I'd noticed that there was I think 51 or 52 LGBTQ plus supporter groups up and down the country up and down the football period pyramid and Sheffield United didn't have one. And I thought, A, that's a bit embarrassing. B, I want to do something about it. Um, I feel like, you know, I, I felt almost like it was a duty for me to, to do something about it. Uh, and then the second reason is I've got um, four godkids now, actually. Uh, uh, um, one of my other best friends who lives down in Cheshire uh, had a child uh, just over Christmas. However, he's a Sheffield Wednesday fan. So I would assume... Uh, his child will more than likely be influenced to be a Sheffield Wednesday <laughs> fan. But my other three godkids are, are through uh, Richard, uh, who I mentioned earlier. And I don't want, because some, some of them, uh, I'm sure, will want to come to Bramall Lane and, and watch Sheffield United. I don't want them to sit there and hear any homophobic, biphobic, transphobic uh, slurs directed at either the players or fans or, you know, opposition players or whoever it might be. Uh, so they were the two main reasons that I wanted to set Rainbow Blades up because I, I want Bramall Lane. As Blades, we are proud of Bramall Lane as a stadium, as a welcoming place. It's a family club. And I want to make sure that we do everything we can to bring an end 
to homophobia in in football, but obviously at Bramall Lane, uh, because we're not immune to it. You know, we're not some special club, some special yeah. stadium where we have no homophobia, no racism. We obviously do still. Um, and I just want to do what I can uh, to make a difference. I was going to say, following on to that, I've been going to Bramall Lane 30, 35 years now. Uh, and I do remember going in, in the 80s and 90s and not just homophobic, but racist comments, um, co- comments of all sorts were, were kind of commonplace. And I don't think it was, I can't remember it being challenged at all. It was almost just kind of nervously laughed at or kind of accepted. Um almost part of the game, that terrorist culture. Um, it does seem there has been improved, major improvements from going from sort of the 80s to now. Football does seem a better place. Um, I, I do think there are still issues and I do still hear comments, but do, do you think football has moved on? Do you think the game clubs can do more? Or I know that's an obvious thing because there is a lot more that they can do. But, you know, I, I, I do feel things are a lot. I, I think it was, would have been unheard of in the late 80s, early 90s for somebody to make a comment and for somebody to sometimes challenge it or text about it or do something about it. It'd just be like, well, that happens. Yeah. I don't know what your um, thoughts I think I think things have moved on a long way um, in a positive way. So far this season, I, yeah, I've been to every home match bar one. I've not heard, experienced any homophobia where I sit uh, from anyone uh, around me, which is obviously positive. One thing I would say, though, which I think is a real positive thing to come from Rainbow Blades, um, and I guess it's kind of positive and negative. It, depending on how you look at it. Uh, but we've got a lot more members now who are openly either challenging homophobia when they hear it at Bramall Lane or they're putting reports in because, and this is what they've said to me, because of Rainbow Blaze, they feel empowered to do that. When Rainbow Blaze didn't exist, they would probably, a bit like what you were just saying, David, would sit there, probably nervously laugh, but do nothing about it and keep watching the match or just put their heads down and just hope that they don't hear it again. Whereas now, over the past, obviously I can't go into any details, but over the past few weeks, uh, two reports have been put in of homophobia um, from our members. And both members did say that it's because they are, they feel empowered because they're part of Rainbow Blades to put those reports in, which is a positive. Obviously, the negative is homophobia is, is, is happening. And over the past, you know, three to four weeks, two incidents of homophobia has happened at Bramall Lane. Um, both have been indirect homophobia, so not directly uh, at the specific individual, uh, but uh, a homophobic slur towards um, our players, which I find, I just, I cannot get my head round why a Sheffield United fan would use a homophobic slur against a Sheffield United player. I just don't get it. Why would you do that? Um, and they're doing it uh, because they see using a homophobic slur as a way to convey weakness. Um, and it just, yeah, it just absolutely puzzles me why our own fans would choose to use that type of language against players that they're cheering on. I just don't mm-hmm. understand it. So I've gone around the house a little bit there, but uh, things are moving forward. And I think it's extremely positive. Uh, that people are now more confident to either challenge it directly or if they don't want to challenge it directly, they're 
they're feeling confident to at least put a report into the club. Uh, and I must say the club are really dealing with this uh, seriously. And, you know, we're, we're working more and more closely with the club uh, around reporting, how it can be improved, how it can be more visible as well. Because we still have people, we, we do an annual member survey and our, our, our latest one will be going out in a couple of weeks. And we still have people say that they don't really know how to report. Mm. So we're working closely with the club to, to improve that. But yeah, things are definitely going in the right direction. But like you say, David, the club's can always do more, always. How, how would fans, because maybe I'm a bit naive in this, how would fans re- report something if they want, if they heard something and wanted to report it kind of anonymously? Specifically, at, yeah, specifically at Sheffield United, there's two ways. So there's either the Kick It Out app, uh, which I know is promoted in the match day programmes. Um, and there's, there's the app, there's the website, there's a phone number, I think, for Kick It Out. And then when the report goes in to Kick It Out, Kick It Out then sends that report to, to the club for, for them to do something about it. And then the second way is a, an email address that the club has got set up. Uh, I think it's complaints at sufc.co.uk, I think, something like that, um, where people can then email uh, their report into the club. Um, so they're the two ways um, that, you can do it at Sheffield United, but it's trying to make that more obvious to people. Um, it's okay having it in the match day programme. It's okay having signage around the club, but not everyone's going to buy a match day programme. I pay very little attention to the signage around mm. Bramall Lane. I'm yep. just focused on getting to my seat. I'm not really focused on reading signs. So I, th- I think there's more to do to make mm. it uh, a lot more accessible for people to be It'd able good to if they could maybe put it on the screen in the corner, you know, periodically sort of have that yeah. message yeah. Com- coming up. I, I don't know. Or free advertising board space. Cause I don't yeah. know about you, but sometimes when they got that bloody yellow advert flying past, it takes my eye off the game, never mind anything else. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, if, if something a bit more visible like that, I completely agree with. And yes, mm. I mean, it's education, isn't it? On both sides, you need to be, mm. people need to be educated that they can challenge it. And there's an easy way to do it, but then, people that are using that sort of language probably need the education as well because i think a lot of it is is sort of historical and mm-hmm. societal isn't it that as you say that words associated with um you know hom- homosexuality are seen also as a sign of weakness and people just mm-hmm. just freely use that and i think i think in some some cases people just aren't thinking you know they just they just don't get it you know yeah and to be fair that is actually what a few of our members have said they don't actually think these people are probably have deep rooted homophobia inside them it is that they're just not thinking yeah and they don't realize potentially what hurt they're causing to people around them yep just going away from sort of united and sort of football football in in general i've sort of Kind of added this in. Sorry, James. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't say. Um, we had Josh Cavallio recently. Fairly, he came out uh, as a player in the Australian league. I mean, I'm still not aware of a major UK pro footballer, to my knowledge, who's done this during his career. I think there was Thomas Hitzelberger who came out in 2014, and he, he made a. He said a quote that he said it would have been impossible for him to have done so during his playing career, not because of the fans or the players, but because of the media. Um, we see a lot more women footballers coming out and it, it seems really sad to me that, you know, there isn't anyone and that big moment of a, a footballer in the UK 
uh, or in a major league sort of come, you know, coming out. I, I don't know. That seems to me quite a pivotal moment in the progress of kind of football v homophobia. I, I don't know what, what your thoughts are on that, whether you think that is imminent or what, I know you won't be able to say that, but it, it, just, <laughs> quite, it just seems quite staggering to me. It seems staggering yeah. to me that that's not happened. Yeah. Yeah. When, when Josh came out uh, last year, um, you know, that was a, a defining moment. Okay. It wasn't, in the UK, but it was still a defining moment. He plays for a top league, uh, a top team over in Australia. A big, big moment. Um, lots of positivity, uh, lots of exposure. Uh, you know, he's gone on to do interviews for Attitude magazine, which is a you know well-known gay magazine, um, and and gone on to. Um, I, I guess in a way, whether he liked it or not, I guess the poster boy when it comes to um, uh, an out active gay footballer um but the positivity around that i would hope that it would start to uh i guess kind of transcend to uh other leagues around the world and players who potentially are keeping their sexuality secret uh would look to josh and think you know what actually it, it it's not that bad we you know we can do this we can be gay and be an active footballer um, you know, the two do work hand in hand. Um, I think, I generally think in all our lifetimes here in this podcast, uh, we will see um, a, a UK footballer, uh, male footballer come out. I do, I, I, whilst they're still in their professional careers. Mm -hmm. I just think all the work that's been done with LGBTQ plus supporter groups within their clubs, what clubs are doing, what campaigns like Rainbow Laces and Football v Homophobia is, is doing, um, I think ultimately a footballer will eventually feel comfortable enough to, to come out. Um, and I, I'd like to say it'd be soon, but who knows? It's Yeah, we don't have a crystal ball, do we? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, I mean, well, statistically speaking, there's got to be dozens of them, if, you know, if not hundreds, of them, um, because, you, you know, Guess is there anything between five and ten percent of the population um, don't identify as heterosexual, don't they? And you know, it's it's yeah. towards the higher end of that. So you know, there's there's got to be some out there. And yeah, you're right. The more the more the acceptance comes in, you know, these campaigns that hopefully someone's going to feel empowered to do it. Um, yeah, and sort of touching back on, you know, with your founding of Rainbow Blaze and the reasons why, and you know, sort of that visibility. Um, you're officially affiliated to the club now, but was there any disappointment that the club didn't instigate it, that it took you as a fan to sort of kickstart that? Not really, no. I, now, now that I've obviously worked, I'm still working very closely with the club and built those relationships up with key people at the club, I think when it comes to a supporters group, the uh, key uh, is in the title, it's a supporters group. And I think, I genuinely think it should be led by supporters and it should be set up by supporters then with the support of the club. I feel if the club were to set up an LGBTQ plus supporters group, it's it, you're then trying to then get fans in uh, to drive it forward. And I think it actually works better Yep. the other way around, if I'm completely honest. I think having the right people, the right fans uh, leading that supporters group, like I say, with the backing of the club, 
Um, you know, like you say, we are official, you know, Chef United says on their website and when they put posts out and stuff like that, we are their official LGBTQ plus and ally supporters group. We are affiliated to the club, like you say. Um, but yeah, now that I've been working with the club and building those relationships up over, well, two years now, I, I generally think it, it works better when the fan sets up the group, goes to the club and says, you know, supporters basically and, and that's what's happened um and yeah i think that's where you're going to get the best results rather yeah. than the club setting it up and i suppose you look at the the Luton game recently we sort of saw so your interviews and the build-up to the game that they, they let you into the club to talk to players uh you know we had the rainbow nets the program coverage um they, they does seem from the outside to be that kind of genuine buying from the club i mean you Obviously, it's going to be difficult for you to kind of say fully on this, but from when you went to the club and you met with the players and the management and the coaching staff, did you get a sense that they were kind of just, well, oh, this is another thing we're going through after? Or did you get a sense they were genuine interest and kind of kind of that buy-in and they and they wanted to be kind of part part of the, the work that you do? Yeah, I I did get that feeling completely. You know, I I met the academy teams, uh, the women's team and, and the men's team um to like you say to talk about rainbow blaze to talk about how they could be an ally and, and what have you and there was genuine genuine interest there from the players you know you could tell by just looking at their faces when i stood uh in front of them talking that they were paying attention to what i was saying they were generally engaged um i think it was maybe you should was... be manager instead of your candidate early in the season <laughs> yeah. what he was trying to do <laughs> I know I could I can give across all the passion when it comes to football tactics and knowledge. I don't know what we'd be playing. I don't know what formation we'd be playing. I'll just be like, just do just do three five two and just go for it, lads. It <laughs> um, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I probably would have got more positive results. Yeah. than Slav, <laughs> but um, I think it was Ben uh, Osborne. I think he because he obviously did one the one the sound bites to to camera. And he afterwards, he came up, up to me um, and said, you know, that was generally a very interesting talk. You, you kept me engaged. And I think he said something along the lines of we get a lot of people come in and talk to us, either through the Players Supporters Association or, or whoever it might be, come in and do talks. And he said, you know, yours was actually a really engaging, interesting talk to listen to. So I thought, well, that's quite a plus then. If, you know, he's he's taking something away. Um, and yeah, there, there, there was a genuine interest. I, I met some of the uh, coaches as well down in the canteen area. Uh, so I met um, Stuart McCall and uh, Jack Lester and some of the other coaches, um, all really sound down to earth. And, you know, they all really do back what Rainbow Blades are doing. Um, so I think... I would see that as a first step. Mm. You know, we've got you. We've, we've got to that point now where the club are happy for for me to go to the training ground to to engage with the players, to interact with them, and for them to interact with me. And I think that is very much a first step in a longer journey. I think that mm. needs to continue. We can't now just stop there until Rainbow Laces comes around. You know, late November. Uh, this year I think that kind of player engagement and interaction needs to continue throughout the year and that's stuff that I'll be you know working with the club on and heck he wears your badge at every every, every press conference <laughs> yeah. I know every time you pop something he's got the badge on yeah. I'm like oh go on 
There was like, yeah, he he wore it for training once. He's worn <laughs> it on a few a few media duties. Um, I noticed as well whether this was just accidental or not. So Rian Brewster did a post a couple of days ago about being, you know, united as one uh, in, mm. in reflection to the nil-nil against Hull. And he had one of those big, big black winter Chef United jackets on. And I noticed that it had the Rainbow Blaze pin badge on. Now, I, I have no idea if, if that jacket was just handed to him by, <laughs> by the coaching staff. No, no, he, he put it on. Go with that. <laughs> but... For me, whether they've chosen to put the badge on themselves or whether it's been put on by someone else, I still see it as all positive stuff yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's visibility. It's getting the message out there of Rainbow Blades. It's getting that message out there of, of, of uh, inclusion. So I I see it as all as good stuff when it comes to when it comes to stuff like that. We we sent loads of Tufty Club badges off, but nobody's. Uh, <laughs> I think it's because it's got the old manager's head on it, which would be a bit weird. <laughs> we really do need to change the name, don't we, and the logo? I think before before anyone's going to wear our badge. Um... Yeah, so talking about merchandise, though, obviously you, the, we've had you know the range of kind of scarves and hoodies, and I think you mm. you touched on it, Mark, b- b- before we sort of c- came on to discuss this. That it, it has drawn discussion, but sometimes some of the discussion it. It leaves you kind of just a bit frustrated. I think there was a thread on the S2 forum when, when they had the hoodies come out and yeah, a little bit frustrating, but there were some really good good comments and defense of things as as, as well. I don't mm. know. Well, how involved were you in the kind of merchandise, you know, go, going to the club and actually quite heavily involved, uh, yeah. which again is is a super big positive for our football club because they haven't just gone, we know best, this is what we're going to do. They actually consulted uh, with us about the range they were putting out. So Paul Paul Reeves, um, he would message me uh, artwork of the scarves, of the hats, of the the flag, um, to basically say, look, what do you think? You know, have we got this right? Is this going to go down well? Um, so it, it was great to be involved um, and and have a kind of a say really on you know what is going to work um, and. A good example of how that worked really well is originally the the rainbow flag that has the Sheffield United logo on it, which is obviously on on the store to buy, was the traditional rainbow flag. Whereas now that the the progress flag is the more adopted one that is now used for the LGBTQ plus community because it involves um, the, the 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 trans community as well. So that's the, the the trans colours of pink and white and blue. Um, and so I messaged back saying, oh, you know, is it okay if it's actually the progress flag rather than the, the traditional rainbow flag? And, you know, because of that communication with the club, it, it, that's what you, you now buy off the store. It's the progress flag with the, with our badge on. Um, so it's been great to, to see that range come to life. It's great to see it selling so, so well. I went onto the store, just, I'm really nosy. And I just like to see how, how things are, how things are selling in terms of the rainbow range. And I noticed the hoodie, I think you can only now get it in either extra large or extra, extra large. Uh, all the other sizes have sold out, which I think it's, it's a good problem for the club to have. Um, hopefully they'll get some more, <laughs> some more stock in, <laughs> but um, it's great to see how popular it is. And I noticed as well, uh, Chef United posted um, a picture yesterday of uh, the crowd. Um, and I noticed uh, two kids 
and one, one of the kids was wearing the rainbow scarf and another uh, kid was wearing the rainbow bobble hat which i thought was amazing to see um I, I i try not to look at forums and and stuff like that in terms of reactions because i just get you know i get frustrated by what people say especially the whole the whole thing about keeping politics out of football if i hear or see that one more time i'm going to lose my head because it's got nothing to do with politics and i don't understand why people label it as politics yeah um maybe it's an education thing again uh so yeah i try to not pay much attention to to what people say on, on forums but it's great it's amazing and i hope everyone buys something from the rainbow range yeah. and well this is it the, the the forum stuff it it was a, the, about the the merchandise it ran to like nine ten pages I, I seem to remember and the vast majority of comments were positive or people defending it against idiots basically but of mm. course there are the idiots and and the stupid thing is that I mean, these these people, they, they believe what they're saying in terms of, I know, you know, the politics thing, keep politics out of it. And you're right, mm. that does my head in on any sort of the inclusivity stuff, that it's not politics, it's just being a basic, decent human being, isn't it? You know, yeah. in, including everyone. But then there's people saying stuff like, for a group of people who want to be treated equally and accepted, here's a special scarf to tell everyone about you. Now, I think they've missed the point there, haven't they? Yeah, and, you know, it's coming from someone who has never been part of a minority group, yep. has never been persecuted or discriminated against. Um, so it's it's hard, I guess, for people to relate to someone who is from a minority group, who does get discriminated against because they're gay or bisexual or, you know, they uh, their pronouns are they, them or, you know, whatever it might be. And... I just don't think they get it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, still today in 2022, LGBTQ plus people are discriminated against. There is homophobia. We've spoken about it already on this podcast that homophobia still happens at Bramall Lane as it yeah. does at every football stadium in this country. Um, so until we are treated just like everyone else, then I think it's important to have things like rainbow uh, scarves and rainbow bubble hats and stuff like that, because it's it, it not only is it showing that you are supporting that minority group and you're an ally to that minority group, it's given that visibility and it's, it's given that inclusion for that group as well. Um, oh. So I still think it's very important. No, totally. And and it's that, that visibility, I think for me is the important part because, um, you know, until people i think you know we talked about it earlier about a footballer coming out they're not going to do it while they see things aren't on the face of it massively different from the 80s 90s early 2000s yeah. you know if, if this sort of stuff keeps going you know supporters groups you know the visibility of it all they, they, they're going to see you know people either like them or that are sympathetic you know to their you know any problems that they're going to encounter and things like that so it's going to encourage you know a more open and inclusive society i think yeah i agree Right, bringing things back onto Rainbow Blades as an organisation, um, how many members do you currently have? Um, as of today, 431. Very precise. Which is, <laughs> I guess, I know, it's, it's ingrained in my head. Um, it, it's just amazing. I can't, I have to sit back and realize and, and think about how far we've come since we, we launched in April 2020. We've not even got to our second birthday yet, and we've got 431 members. It's 
it's an unbelievable rate of expansion if it's that that's very business lingo isn't it but <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's amazing how, how fast we've grown um and i just hope it continues yeah you'll have 432 after this because i about <laughs> about a year ago i clicked the link and it was a google forms thing and yes. i got halfway through it and then i clicked next and then there was another page it wasn't even like arduous it was just a second page and i got sidetracked and i never went back yeah. to it and it only occurred to me the other day I never completed it. So when, when we're done here, yeah. yeah. Be... That second page is the is the dull consent stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. There's, yeah. There's nothing it, to it. it just, we've touched that... on our laziness and it was... It, 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 it bothered to complete a, a form. <laughs> exactly. So, and, and it only occurred to me the other day when you said you got your badge through. I was like, I never got it. Oh, it's because I never did it. So, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be on there today. That, that, that's the other good thing as well. You know, the, the Rainbow Blaze pin badge, I, I must have posted. Not, not everyone uh, asks for one, mm. uh, but I must have posted between at least... 350 to 380 pin badges now easily out mm. to members, which is amazing. And just one other thing about how many members we have, I just wanted to make this point because it's <clears throat> quite important. So prior to the Luton match, uh, the split of our membership uh, was 55% LGBTQ plus and 45% allies. Since the Luton match, it is now 50-50 down the middle, which I think is an amazing thing to see because allies are crucially important. There is no way we can make the progress we're making and the changes we're making with our allies. It's, it's just impossible. So to have that 50-50 split now in, in our group is amazing. I was going to say that to me is the key thing because I think naively people will think, oh, I'm signing up for an organisation, but I, you know, I, I am not kind of, I, I'm not LGBT. I'm not kind of, so why, why would I sign up? But mm. that you, you've made the point there. This is about support. It's about being an ally. And I suppose the next natural point is, is how do people get involved? This is a chance to kind of sell it. You'll, you'll, <laughs> you'll, have, you'll have another one member. At least. Well, not just Marvel. You might have one other <laughs> member after this. So how do people, how do people sign up? How do they get involved? Yeah, the, the easiest way is just to find us on social media. So, you know, we're on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. So if you search for Rainbow Blades on Twitter, our pinned post at the top of our page has a link which takes you to our membership form. As Mark said, it's two pages, but it's not it's not onerous. It's very easy. You'll 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 have it done within a minute. It's easy. Or, or, or a year. <laughs> a year. Or, or a year, a year, a year in Mark's case. A year case, in my yeah. case, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's super, super easy to fill in. Um, and then once you've completed that membership form, when I when I get round to it, which is normally within about 24 hours of someone signing up, you'll get a welcome email, a nice, snazzy, colourful welcome email, which has another link, which Mark will be really chuffed with, that has another form on to fill out. But it's really <laughs> simple. It's just if you want the free, because you get a free Rainbow Blaze pin badge uh, uh, for being a member, if you choose, you don't have to get the pin badge. Uh, and there's another quick form that you fill in, uh, just so I know where to post it, because I don't know where anyone lives, obviously. So <laughs> I need that information. Um and yeah, that's 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 the easiest way to, to 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 sign up and get involved is yeah, finding us on on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram and filling out that membership form. And then once you've become a member, you can get as involved as you like or as little as you like. We have members who have signed up because they just want to support Rainbow Blades. They don't necessarily want to get actively involved, but they just want to show their allyship by signing up, which is absolutely fine. 
other members get involved in everything. We have uh, match day socials, every single home match at our partner venue, Spirit of Sheffield, which is just at the bottom of the moor. Uh, so stone throw away from Bramall Lane. It's an LGBT, LGBTQ plus friendly bar. Um, we have so many, especially on a Saturday, not so much maybe on a weeknight, but on a Saturday, so many Sheffield United fans that come into that bar now. And not all of them are Rainbow Blades because the, the venue allows us to put our very large Rainbow <laughs> Blades banner uh, outside. So if you're walking past Spirit of Sheffield on a match day, you, you can't miss it. You can see our big Rainbow Blades banner. And I think Sheffield United fans see that and realise, oh, this is a designated Sheffield United bar that we can go in and have a drink, a bite sweet before going to Bramall Lane. So it gets absolutely packed out, especially on a Saturday. And it also brings in away fans, which I found really, really nice. I remember, and this is bad about, you know, potentially judging a book by its cover. I remember when we took on Stoke and I think we, did we lose that one? 1-0, one I think. Stoke. We won beat Stoke 2-1, two, two I think. Oh, did we beat them? Um my memory is awful, but we had um, a group of Stoke fans uh, come in, young lads come in to, to the venue. Um, I, I have no idea if they, if they knew it was an LGBTQ plus uh, friendly, friendly venue or not, uh, but they came in and, and I kind of looked at them and I was thinking, oh, are they going to cause trouble or not? I can't tell. One of them was extremely drunk to the point he fell off his bar stool in the venue and I went up to the bar to get a drink and and I got chatting to them and they were such a lovely group of lads really really nice really respectful they knew exactly they were in they were in the LGBTQ plus friendly venue um and they were just yeah just a lovely group of lads and one of them actually said to the guy that fell off the stool backwards he actually turned to him and said look we're the away fans. Let's be setting a good reputation here and not be getting a bad reputation. And I was like, you know what? That's a really decent way to look at it instead of trying to come and cause trouble. And yeah, it, it, it's amazing. Um, so I've gone off topic, haven't I? Completely there. But... <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the podcast. I know, when, yeah. when do we ever stay on topic? This is what happens. I'm really, but unless I have a script in front of me, I, I go off on tangents all well, over the place. Scripts are overrated. Yeah. Bring it. But yeah, so you can get involved in, in that way, match day socials, come down to Spirit of Sheffield, have a drink. We're a friendly bunch. Uh, there's there's other ways to get involved. There's other events that we do. We do a podcast as well that Anna does. Um, yeah, there's, there's loads of stuff you can do to get involved. I mean, me, me and Mark have popped in. I've been a couple of times with my wife. It's a really nice place, actually. Though they do pretty much any drink you, you can you can get and two fantastic dogs that sort of man the place yeah as well. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah they're your bouncers aren't they <laughs> yeah uh, i was gonna say um what, what's you've talked a little bit about kind of the fantastic work you did uh sort of prior to the Luton game and obviously there's lots of stuff going on with football v homophobe what's next specifically for for you uh as an organization i saw i got an email about the agm coming up what's what, yeah. what what will happen at the AGM or what's kind of on the agenda? Yeah, we've got we've got loads of stuff coming up. We we never seem to have a lull period. Like as a committee, we always say, like, is it going to be a period? Even the off season, can we kind of like, you know, have a bit of a breather? And that never seems to happen. We always just seem to have so much we're doing and so many ideas that we have. But coming up, like you say, we've got the AGM on the 24th March that is open to every single Rainbow Blaze member. An email's gone out. I'm sure I'll probably send another email out because we're still quite a bit away from 24th of March. 
Um, you can get involved in that either via Zoom or in person down at Bramall Lane. Uh, that is capped at 20, though, just because of still the kind of odd COVID protocol that's still around, not that there's many left now. Um, but the AGM, it's I, I appreciate an AGM isn't the most exciting of events <laughs> to come to. Uh, and that's why we've already set it as an hour because we're like, I'm pretty sure people probably won't want to commit much more than an hour to an AGM. But really, it is summarizing what we've done over the past 12 months. That's basically it. We go through kind of the standard AGM things like financial accounts and stuff like that. But it's basically summarizing and talking about the, the, the past 12 months and what we've achieved. Um, we've got our annual member survey coming out on the 1st of March, which will go out to all members. Uh, very extensive survey. There's about eight or nine pages to it, so I probably won't get a submission from Mark, but it's it, that, that will take probably about 10, 15 minutes to fill in. But it's a really, really important survey because it covers absolutely everything that Rainbow Blades do. Sheffield United also have a little section in there that we give them so they can ask questions to, to Rainbow Blades members. So that's coming out on the 1st of March. Uh, we've got our second birthday on Saturday the 16th of April, which will be at Spirit Sheffield. We're taking over the venue. We're going to decorate it. We've got a, a drag queen who's going to be the DJ. Um, so there'll be some communications going out about that in the coming weeks. Again, that's open to every single Rainbow Blades member that wants to come and celebrate our second birthday. And then we'll have the Rainbow Blades uh, Player of the Year uh, awards uh, opening again, probably mid to late April. Uh, so David McGoldrick won it last year. Um, I have no idea who might win it this year. I think it's a real tough one to call this year. I think last year, David McGoldrick was kind of like the standout player. He was the front runner. Uh, but this year, I think it's going to be difficult for people to vote on who they think mm -hmm. their, their standout player is uh, for, for player of the year. So we've got absolutely loads coming up and then we'll be thinking even further ahead to, to Pride Month in June. And I know I was speaking to some of uh, my contacts in the LGBTQ plus community in Sheffield. And I think the plan is this year to try and have a, a Pride event in person again. The past two years, there hasn't been one. And I really, if that happens, I really want to get the club involved because normally when there's a Pride event in person, there'll be a march. Uh, somewhere in the city, there'll be a march that, that organisations can be part of. And I'd really love it to have, you know, Sheffield United behind a big Sheffield United banner being part of a pride parade. I think that would be, you know, another huge moment for our football club. So again, I've rambled, but we've got loads coming up. Yeah. I'm, I'm especially glad that your birthday party is on the 16th of April because that's my birthday as well. So I'll probably come along, take selfie and look really popular. Happy yeah. birthday <laughs> and then all these people there. So yeah, I might do when that. We, when we set it, we did. We also didn't realise that that's Easter weekend, I think. Right. Um, so we didn't realise that. But hopefully that might work an advantage in people because they haven't got work for a few days yeah. after. They might be like, yeah, we'll come and, you know, get drunk. Get drunk every night, yeah, over that weekend. Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, right, finally, to, I guess, to wrap things up, um, what are your thoughts on the, the current season, current side manager? Where do you see... Us as a team ending up this season, maybe wait. You know, you touched on where Rainbow Blazer can end up, but you know, <laughs> what about the club as well? I think um, you know, obviously the, the first part of the season wasn't great, and we don't really need to dwell on that. But I think you know, Hecky really and his entire coaching team um, has turned this team around, and we're back to 
to to how we were playing, you know, in that championship promotion season, you know, that first season we're in the Premier League, you know, we're, we're, we're playing in that system that our players are used to. Heck, he's getting the best out of them. I think our performance yesterday, well, on, on Saturday when we took on uh, Swansea was just amazing. I don't think you could really find many faults at all in that performance. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I loved seeing Sander Berg in a much more of attacking style position rather than defensive midfielder. I think he, I think he's a lot better when he's in an attacking position and, you know, it, it's just really fun to be a Sheffield United fan at the moment. It's fun to go to the matches, you know, it's a positive, positive performances. Uh, we've crept up into sixth place. I think we're in now. Yeah. Um, I think, when you look at the fixtures, more of them are at home, I think. I think we've yep. got a lot more home fixtures coming up than we do away. So I think with that in that in mind, I can't see why we can't finish in the top six. I don't think we'll probably get to first or second, but I can see us finishing the top six. But I find this, and listeners may disagree with me, I find this a really difficult one because I don't know if we should be promoted this season. I'm scared that we're not quite ready and we'll just come straight back down. Um, I don't know if we need another season in the championship and, you know, this kind take of the like... money. Just take the money. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree. I mean... <laughs> no, you're right. I, yeah. I, I think I agree with both of you. I think we're not ready. It, we, don't, we need an almost completely new squad if we went up. But on the other hand, you know, some clubs make it make a living out of just going up and down being that yo-yo club at least it's exciting you're always playing for something aren't you and it keeps yeah. you afloat as well so I'd, I'd always say go for it while you can don't think too long term um yeah but but yeah I, I agree with you that we'd probably come straight back down without a, a big overhaul yeah right I think I think that's about it uh thank you so much for joining us and thank you for being so open and honest and, and once again congratulations on you know fantastic work that you've done in quite a short space of time, uh, really. Um, I suppose that just the final thing is where, where would people find you in terms of social media? How, you know, we talked about how to get involved, but what other platforms can they, can they see where, where you are? Yeah. So we've got a website. Um, so you can find us at cheflaces.com forward slash rainbow blades. Uh, and that'll have lots of information uh, lots of pictures and videos it's got the membership forms it's got loads of information on there so that's another another place you can find us and then like i say uh just literally just type rainbow blades into twitter instagram and facebook we're the only rainbow blades out there so you'll find us straight away it's not difficult um and yeah they're, they're, we've got an email address as well so rainbowblades at outlook.com if you want to drop us an email yeah they're the main ways to to get in touch and follow us Right, so thanks again uh, to James for joining us. I'll do this bit since uh, Mr. Beden's internet just went crappy. Everyone out there, don't be as lazy as me. Join up um, and I'll be doing that straight away after I've done this podcast. So yeah, thanks again, James. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Cheers.